Welcome to Pacific Drift with John and myself, Jason. This is a podcast about communities and cultures and languages in the Pacific. Each week we give ourselves a particular topic and then let loose to research individually whatever we find. Today we're talking about Niue. You said Niue there? Yeah. Are you sure it's Niue? Not 100% sure. No, I'm not either. Um, According to, well, the phonetics... You've seen this quoted around, haven't I you? I have, yeah. It's supposed to be Niue. That's what it says. Which sounds very strange. Yeah. Well, um, that's what Wikipedia says. What do you think, based on your knowledge of Polynesian phonetics? Do you think it will be Niue or Niue? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. So we're not starting very well because we don't even know the place name. Yeah. Give us the background. Okay, let's go for the background. I like that. It's a place. It's an island. Mm-hmm. It is in the Pacific. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I've got a map here. I might just look at the map and then like describe it. Okay. Um, it's like in the middle-ish of Samoa, Tonga, and Cook Islands. Oh, like okay. if you put a, like a dot in roughly in the middle of that. All right. It's kind of there. It's not a small island. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. It's quite big. Yeah. It's bold. Yeah. But, well, I mean, we can talk about the geography of it or the geology of it it. uh, after you presented some more facts. I love it. You you just want some of my facts. Yeah, I love them. I'm excited. Um, So it's got a population of around 2,000, 2,400 people. So not actually that tiny. And it's got a political system that is connected to New Zealand. So if you're a new citizen, you have a New Zealand passport. So there's that kind of like migration back and forth. Okay. We've got two languages. Well, I mean, one language that's natively spoken, Nuean, and uh, officially English is also okay. a, a language there. What else is there? It was discovered roughly 1,100 years ago by the, the Polynesian sailors yep. from, I assume, from Tonga, I think, the... The thing goes. I had read that. And in 1774, it was discovered by the Europeans in the form of James Cook. What else have we got? I think that's about the the details, isn't it? Oh, the geography. Yes. Well, before that, I just wanted to point out that this is one of these places where the Nguyen ethnic population, where the majority is outside of the island. Oh, really? Right. So the majority live in New Zealand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 2,400 people in Nui yep. is not the majority of Nuaeans Yeah, no, it's several thousand really? worldwide. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Geographically, what do you know? Or geologically? So you said that this was a single island, which is kind of unusual for a lot of islands in the Pacific. They usually come with sets of islands, different atolls. This is like one single island. Island. And it's quite high. Um, yeah, yeah, because like it's, it's a different kind of island. 68 meters high. Yeah, it has cliffs. Like, wow, skis. Yeah, and that's because it is a raised coral atoll, and it's presumably the biggest in the world. What, what does a raised coral atoll mean? Okay, so my limited understanding <laughs> of the geology of this is that it is a coral formation yeah. that kind of took place on the top of a submerged volcano. Amazing. Yeah, at the very peak. 
And that geological activity had raised it over time so that it's now above water. Wow. Do you think it would blow up? Uh, That I don't know whether it's active. I assume not. Um, But because there are all of these different geological movements over time, it has raised and lowered and raised again. So you get these different layers in Mm. the island. So you do have cliffs, but then you get a kind of like terrace, which gives it a bit of a beach. And then there is a separate uh, reef that kind of surrounds the island So as there well. is a, there's a reef around in the water as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's uh, unusual for the, <laughs> the countries that we've kind of visited so far. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So anyway, Nguyen is a Polynesian language. Yes. And what is it most closely related to? Uh, Tongan. It's in the same Tongic sub-branch. Okay. Um, those two are sister languages. They're quite closely related. Okay. Um, but analyzed very differently. Ah. That's uh, quite an interesting fact. So there's lots, I mean, there are differences. There's lots of similarities, mm-hmm. but there are significant differences that make people analyze the structures in the language completely differently. Wow. It's also got two different dialects. Has right? it? Yeah, yeah. No On way. this one single island, there are two dialects. There's the one in the north. I think that's the Motu dialect. Yeah. I think it's the older, considered to be the older dialect, yeah. and then the Tafiti dialect in the south. And I think the idea is that they used to be phonologically and maybe even grammatically different, yeah. but that they've kind of converged over time and that the differences are in the words that they use. Oh. So they, for some words, they're just different in the two dialects. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of an interesting dialectal sort of thing because you'd think dialects would more be about sounds, but you're saying that actually they sound pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, that they, they just have do. different words. Wow. Now I have something about languages this <laughs> so far unrelated to New Haven. Okay, I can't wait. I was kind of questioning whether I even bring this up, but I think it's some juicy, juicy, you know, gossip. I don't know if you call, <laughs> if you call Let's this hear it. gossip. So this is back when computers were sort of, you know, uh, coming around or the internet was coming around. And a dude, an American Peace Corps volunteer decided he saw a great opportunity to basically exploit the Nureans. So he basically, he and this uh, American company dealing with domain names. Yeah. So that's the www.something-something-something.nz or .uk. He realized that the domain name for Nure.nu would be a great source of income. So he basically got him and this company, this American company, entered into an agreement with the Nguyen government that they would sell the .nu name to people out, you know, whoever. And in, you know, in exchange for this, Nguyen would get free and unlimited access to the internet. Oh, Including email accounts and all of that kind of stuff. So basically the agreement was, hey, we'll have the name and we'll give you internet. Now, there's lots of different debates on how, uh, whether this arrangement was fair or not. Uh So the (laughs) the dude says he barely makes enough money to do the free internet. So, oh no, it's so totally not lucrative. Uh Now, 
If you compare that to the Tuvalu situation, because they've got a domain name .tv, yeah, which you can see as being is very marketable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they get millions of dollars, US dollars, every single year just from having that domain. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, .nu isn't quite so marketable. But not like TV. Not like TV. But you do sort of start thinking, hmm, okay, what's the situation there? But there was quite a lot of interest in this domain name. So right at the start, um, back in early 1999, you got 1,500 registrations per month for this domain name. And uh-huh. It cost uh, US $45 for two years. Okay. Um, I don't know what 1999 money was worth, but I guess, yeah. But within, you know, a few years, I think by 2001, it had 100,000 websites with .nu. Okay. With a population of 2,400, that seems, you know, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Now, what the interest, and this is a bit where it kind of gets to the language bit. So there is a connection to how .nu was used. So obviously, new sounds like new. Yeah. So for English-speaking languages, the domain name was used kind of like as a connection to new. Things like www.really.new or mm. its.new or internet.new. Okay. So that was kind of like the, the way they did it with, you know, American or English um, stuff, why, why it was useful. But here's the interesting bit. So in Scandinavian languages, Swedish, Danish, Norwegian, and Dutch, uh, new is the word meaning now. Hmm. So it was very marketable for yeah. these Scandinavian languages because they wanted to have their, their, their word or their website and then dot now. So things like peace.now, surfer.now, I don't know what that would mean, but music.now. Mm, okay. um, very marketable. So the Nuean domain name, <laughs> it has a huge amount of Scandinavian countries <laughs> using it for this dot now. And so much so that they've, you know, allowed things, all the Scandinavian symbols to be used in those website names. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. um, obviously they've got things like, I don't know, umlauts. Umlauts, yeah. Weird, weird other symbols. So that was a, a very lucrative way of uh, dealing with it. Now, in exchange, Nui was one of the first countries, if not the first country, to get full internet for all of its citizens. Now, the question is, how much of a good deal was it for them? Yeah. You know, in so, 2023. I don't know. Okay. So is that still an open debate? I think it's still being debated now. Okay. Um, it's all very hush-hush, the amount of money that is getting exchanged. Oh, does so oh. The, because it's an, a company thing. Yeah, they don't have to say. They don't to have anyone. to disclose. Mm. Okay, I can follow that up if you like um, uh, around the economics of the Ooh, island. Exciting. I don't know if we talked about this before, but in Pitcairn Island, <laughs> yep. right, one of the big economic drivers there is stamps. Stamps. Postage stamps. I didn't know we. I did yeah, not so know they this. produce stamps. Yeah, and people around the world buy them. Why? Because they're from Pitcairn Island. That's oh, because it's where you like, buy stamps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not so, like to use them. Not like, hey, oh, I'm just going to buy a bunch of Pitcairn stamps to then send letters. Probably not. <laughs> okay. So, in New Way, yeah, they produce coins. 
So you know how like you can buy commemorative coins? Yeah. You know, this is big in the U.S. Uh, apparently it's big in China and Canada and lots of places. Yeah. You can buy these commemorative coins. And um, they're not usually, you know, they're not used as legal tender. They're just for collecting yeah. or whatever. New Way is a huge player <laughs> in this industry. No way. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I was looking through all the different kinds of coins that you can buy yeah. and some of them look like the normal coins that you would buy to collect or whatever yeah but they've taken this industry to a completely no different way. level yeah so there are just pages and pages and pages of coins <laughs> that you can get commemorative or otherwise yeah that's right and so coins no longer have to be circular in shape <laughs> and they they don't have to be flat so a, a lot of these are like domed uh, <laughs> or textured and or they have color this is so random yeah so <laughs> you can see that the first coin on here yep. this is a little bit cheeky but it's a bitcoin amazing. <laughs> coin <laughs> amazing <laughs> The next one on here is shaped like a surfboard. It's just a surfboard. Fantastic. How much are these things? Like... So if you look through the prices, a lot of them hover around $100 US yeah. for a coin. These are expensive coins. Yeah, yeah. What? And some are around $400 US. <laughs> There's this one right here with this dinosaur. And it's got a meteorite flying through the sky. It's called Silver Impact Moments. <laughs> it's $400. Why? Why? Why would anyone buy a coin with a dinosaur with a meteorite flying through? I think it looks cool. <laughs> Do you have a spare 400 US dollars? There's a coin commemorating Dolly. It's $300. What else is there? I mean, there's any number. There's like Harry Potter coins. There's, it looks like Star Trek coins. <laughs> Anything that you can think of. So they are really big players on this market. Can you use them at all? Or I don't think that they're intended to be, you know, like legal tender. Wow. They're just collector's items. And Nui has just gone, hey, <laughs> we're going to produce They're that, like please. perfecting this art. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Do you want to hear about the duck? I'd love to hear about the duck. Okay. So ducks aren't native to Nui. Okay. But there was a duck living there. <laughs> It just ended up there. Just appeared. Yeah, they, they think that a, a storm had blown it onto the island. How random. Yeah, because there's no other ducks. <laughs> it's just a normal there's duck. There's just one singular duck. Yeah, its name is Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, like, lakes or ponds <laughs> on the island, right? Oh, so, of course, yeah. So they, um, they made it a little puddle on the side of the road, and that's where the duck was living. This singular and, duck. Yeah, it dried up. And so they had to, you know, <laughs> come and 
refresh the puddle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this this duck was locally known. You know, it's a minor celebrity. Trevor. Yeah, it died, but. <laughs> That'd be the most random story I've ever heard you tell. Yeah, it was just a duck that was living there <laughs> on Newey. I okay. This is a side note, but I just want to know how on earth you found this fact out. Like, what did you Google? What I'm did just, you research? I'm a very good researcher. <laughs> random ducks in the Pacific Islands. You would have to know about the duck being there in order to to find it that way. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, I don't have any other facts about ducks, so I can't I can't really contribute to the duck story. That's too bad. Um, but I can contribute to a bit of the history. Oh, tell well, me more. I mean, some of the, the Nguyen culture. And yep. this um, the research I did was uh, written back in the early 1900s, so this is some pretty old stuff. How legit... The, uh, you know, the content is isn't questionable, okay. obviously. No, it was, um, there's some quite interesting things. Apparently, Nui has always been Republican. They have a king. Currently. They do. Yeah, well, they do. Well, back in the 1900s, they do. Oh, okay. um, but they actually had quite a few kings in the, you know, history back. There's a list as far back as they go, which was five generations of kings. Wow. But they all, well, not all, but they died or got killed, or one of them starved to death. I'm not quite sure how that story goes. Mm -hmm. But basically, being a king was not a great thing to do. It was obviously a high, lot of dignity, and it was very, you know, well-respected. But basically, any of the opposition parties wanted to kill the king. Oh. And they always did. And these violent deaths kind of happened for years and years and years and years throughout the history of the king. So much so that it got to this point where no one wanted to be king. Because it was inevitable. It was like a death sentence. Okay. So I don't quite know whether the starving to death was to do with the being killed. I assume so, because after that guy starved to death, everyone was like, no, don't want to do it. And for 80 years, they just had no king because hmm. no one really wanted to get involved. When the whole Christianity thing got introduced, that's when more people became willing as the kind of murder sort of reduced. Okay. But there are also some other interesting things that go on with the history of, you know, the, the Nguyen culture, um, including a circumcision rite. And I'm not quite sure how this works, but basically, in the in the very far past, there was circumcision traditions. Okay. Um, but by the time that uh, the 1900s rolled around, um, there was no longer actual circumcision. They still did the rite. Mm -hmm. So what they would do is the the male child would, uh, you know, get laid down under some cloth, and the the elder would do a sign of circumcision, mm -hmm. but not actually do the circumcision. Oh. And that was the the initiation for that child to become a fully-fledged member of the tribe. Oh, interesting. Quite, uh, quite a lot of different customs. And then finally, I have um, funeral customs, which I just think are quite entertaining. 
I don't know if that's a <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I don't know that people at the funeral think it's very entertaining. But well, before the person actually died, they made a big feast around him, which I think would be pretty ruthless if you were dying. But then basically, anything he said in his dying moments was considered absolute fact. It was the will. Oh. So while he was dying, mm-hmm. all his family kept badgering him with questions about what he wanted to do with his stuff or his land or other things. Mm-hmm. And the, basically the last thing that he said counted as <laughs> the will. Okay. Apparently, though, also the Nuean people, when they were dying, were able to foretell the hour of their death. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of were able to say, this is, this is when it will end. When it will happen. Yeah, pretty brutal. But yeah, I thought that was quite entertaining, considering how much controversy there is over wills. Yeah, true. Do you have a will? No. You don't? When you die, can I steal all your stuff then? I guess that depends on whether you get the last word or not. If you state this during this podcast, this is going to count as... Uh, the last word. The last word. I hope not. The last official word will be you saying, you can have all my belongings. I don't want any of my uh, family's stuff when they all die. <laughs> I am completely done with the knickknacks <laughs> of my households. Are there only knickknacks? Well, that's how I feel about okay. it. But... Um, yeah, I thought there was some quite entertaining facts about the history of Nui culture. The other interesting thing was to do with justice. So they did have a tribunal, like a like a um, a court, uh-huh. um, but the accused wasn't involved in the court, so they weren't allowed to go and <laughs> find out what was being said. Yeah, and the situation was that if there was a murder, as in killing someone of your own tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, then that was punishable by death. But the person often didn't know that they were being sent to death. And so the, <laughs> the, the sentence was carried out by basically a bloke to, who was meant to go and befriend the accused and then, you know, be, make, make friends with him and then kind of entice him off into the into the forest and then basically betray him because he would take them off to um, an assassination where a bunch of warriors were waiting <laughs> and then killed him. Wow. So that was how justice worked if you murdered someone of your own tribe. Okay, so I thought that we might just talk about one of the topics that we kind of regularly bring up, which is climate change. I right? love it. Well, not well, climate change. Okay. I don't love climate change. Yeah. Just love talking about okay. it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, being an island in the Pacific, Niue is affected yes. by climate change and will continue to be. And the situation there, though, is that they have made this concerted effort to become completely sustainable. So even uh, in the 2000s, they started installing solar panel systems and doing basically everything that they could to be completely climate neutral. So they actually have these goals uh, of being sustainable in that way. So I thought that, you know, that's just actually a really good model for the rest of us, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and we're looking at the Pacific, we're looking at the impending threat yeah. that climate change 
poses and, you know, we're looking at people who are actually taking action on this and doing it in a positive way. Amazing. Yeah. So today we've talked about the Nguyen language and some of the geography and geology. Uh, we've talked about the domain name. We've talked about the Nguyen coins and the duck that lived on <laughs> Nguyen for a short period of time. You've been listening to Pacific Drift. We want to thank our production team, including Elman Tim, artwork by Jason and Becky, music by Jazar, out of school, and we'd like to acknowledge the Research Impact Award from the University of Auckland. <laughs>